And uh, and sometimes when we think of bondage, we immediately think of vices and we think of uh, addictions and things like that. Though those are included in in um, in uh, of course bondage, and but there's other bondage as well. But one of the things we've been looking at lately in this bondage is the world around us that is in the bondage to sin. They are, uh, they are, have not been redeemed. They've not been born again. They are still in bondage. Jesus said, if the Son of Man has set you free, you're free indeed. And that freedom that we have in Christ needs to be reckoned, right? It is, we have it, right? The old man is dead. I know people go around and around on this, but uh, uh, Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, not I, but Christ that lived in me, right? We are dead. The old man has died, but it's up to us to reckon it dead and live like it's dead, right? And so what does that mean that it's dead? Well, it doesn't have authority over you anymore. When our flesh takes over the old man, the flesh kind of rises up. Uh, We've got to Stay in that place of telling our flesh, no, you're wrong. You don't have authority over me. I don't have to obey you anymore. I don't have to do what you say anymore. Yeah, I remember I've illustrated it this way. If, if you had a, anybody have a rental, live in a rental house, a home you rent, right? Anybody send money to a certain individual every single month of the year, right? And you send that rent check. It's possible that someplace, maybe you've had this before, you lived in a rental house. I've, I've never had it. We've lived in rental homes. I've never had this happen. But just say the, uh, the ownership of that of the home you're living in changes, okay? Ownership changes. You might get a letter that says, please send your checks here now, right? And so the next month you begin sending your checks. If Do people still write checks? I think we do. Yeah, I do. But uh, send your checks, <laughs> To this new address and this new, they now own the home. Now, could you imagine if the old owner of that home showed up on your doorstep and said, hey, we need rent. Okay. Now you could pay him, right? You wouldn't be real smart. But you could give him a check and you could pay him. But watch, you don't have to pay him anymore because he doesn't own you, own the house anymore. See, listen, we're under new ownership today. We are owned by the Lord Jesus Christ. The flesh shows up and says, pay up pay up. And we can, we can pay. And how often do we pay? Oh goodness. Let's not talk about that. How often we do, but we don't have to pay. And we've been given everything. Peter said that pertains into life and godliness. God has equipped us with everything to, uh, to be obedient unto God and to reject the flesh. And I'm thankful that we grow in that. Okay. It's a growth process. But we're talking about the world today. Uh, that the world is in a, another kind of bondage. They are in their sin. They are bound for hell. They're on their way to a Christless eternity. Just like every one of us in this room who is, in, who is saved today. We, we were all in this place, right? And, uh, but we're looking at this kind of bondage today. And we were looking, um, oh, last week I guess it was. That God had finally, here we are in Exodus 7, God had sent uh, Moses and Aaron to Pharaoh. And uh, with that great statement, let my people go. Amen. They were in bondage. They needed to be released. And if you'll pick up in chapter 7 again. And we'll see this in the text. Verse, chapter 7, verse 1. And the Lord said unto Moses, 
See, I've made thee a god to Pharaoh. We looked at that last week, I believe it was. And Aaron thy brother shall be thy prophet. Thou shalt speak all that I command thee. And Aaron thy brother shall speak unto Pharaoh. And he shall send the children of Israel out of his land. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. But Pharaoh shall not hearken unto you that I may lay my hand upon Egypt and bring forth mine armies and my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great judgments. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch forth mine hand upon Egypt and bring out the children of Israel among them. And the Moses and Aaron did as the Lord commanded them, so did they. And Moses was fourscore years old and Aaron was fourscore and three years old when they spake unto Pharaoh. Verse 8, And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, When Pharaoh shall speak unto you, saying, Show a miracle for you, then thou shalt say unto Aaron, Take thy rod, and cast it before Pharaoh, and it shall become a serpent. And Moses and Aaron went in unto Pharaoh, and did as the Lord commanded. And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh, and before his servants, and it became a serpent. Then Pharaoh also called the wise men and the sorcerers, now the magicians of Egypt, They also did like manner with their enchantments, for they cast down every man his rod, and they became serpents. Oh, bummer. That's kind of uh, anticlimactic, huh? Right? But, I like this, Aaron's rod (laughs) swallowed up their rods. That that one serpent ate all of the magicians. I don't know how many were there. It doesn't say how many magicians were there, but he ate them all. I like that. And and he hardened Pharaoh's heart that he hearkened not unto them. As the Lord had said, I don't have time to delve into this. It's a whole nother lesson of itself. But uh, let me say this. God hardened Pharaoh's heart because Pharaoh had already hardened his own heart. What we have is a summary here real quick, kind of a snapshot summary from God. But as you go through the events of Exodus, you see over and again, Pharaoh hardened his own heart to the place where God said, enough. And we can see that Romans chapter one, we can see that. Uh, that happens. So anyway, what we saw here last week, we, we saw the command. God gave the command to Moses and Aaron to go and speak unto the Pharaoh. He gave them a caution. Remember, he warned them over in chapter five that uh, I think it was, uh, well, over in chapter five, I think he had, he had uh, already told Moses what to do, but he had warned them. He had warned them that, hey, listen, he's not going to listen to you. He's not going to do what you say. He is going to, he's going to reject you, but really go anyway. And we saw that caution. And we have that same caution from Jesus, don't we? We go out into the world. We've been told to go out in the highways and the hedges, compel them to come in. Listen, people don't give, come to Christ without uh, a, a, a man or a woman, a boy or a girl, uh, bringing them to Jesus Christ. You've heard this said all the time, right? You go fishing, they don't normally just jump in the boat, right? Every once in a while, you might get a, something happened, you know, stick a dynamite and they blow them up into the boat. That's pretty cool. But uh, you, you got to go get them. You got to go catch them. Jesus said, I'll make you fishers of men. Think about this. He told shepherds, I'm going to make you fishers of men. They, I mean, uh, you know, well, I'm sorry. He told fishermen, I'm going to make you shipper, uh, fishers of men. But later he told Peter, the fisher, uh, feed my sheep, which was, I, I messed that all up. But it was, it was kind of interesting because usually fishermen don't feed sheep. But uh, he was talking about fishing. Fishing, you got to go out and get them. You've got to go out and bring them in. You have neighbors. You have people that live near you. You have people that you work with. And you said, well, I, I've already had opportunity. I've already told them. I've already... Listen, some of those people that go fishing, they stay out for hours throwing the same piece of bait 
over and over and over, right? I went fishing. Oh, a buddy of mine, he went to Africa. He was a missionary in Africa, almost 10 years up in Kenya. And when, before he left, it's like his dying words, right? Before he left, he said, uh, hey, you need to go out fishing with uh, a friend of ours, Dan. He goes, oh, he, he needs somebody to spend some time with him. He needs somebody to help him. You need to go fishing with him. I don't like fishing, right? It's boring. I have no patience. And so I called up this guy, Dan, and he's like, yeah, me and my brother are going. Yeah, well, come along, you know. And so we went. We went down off 248 south of uh, around, uh, what's that little place? Not McCall. McCord Bend. Anybody know where McCord Bend? Oh, yeah, you know her. Yeah. That is the weirdest spot. We were down in there somewhere on the river, out in the middle of nowhere, you know, and they're fishing. And, and they're like, I, we've been there 15 minutes. I'm done. I'm good. Okay, I'm done. We were, it was dark. It was dark when we were still there. And the whole time, oh, they're going to they're gonna start biting here soon because look at what the water's doing over there. Look what the river's doing right there. Oh, they're coming. They're coming. They never came, man. We sat there till. It was probably 8 o'clock at night. I was watching in the distance, thunderheads building up, and I'm like, oh, wonderful. We're going to get to go. And it, they, they went around us. It was the most miserable, miserable. But you know what these guys did? They stayed there. They stayed there way past my, my attention span, which is about four seconds. And they kept throwing out the same thing over with expectation. They had expectation they were going to catch something. You know, we don't go out like that, do we? Sometimes we go out going, uh, I mean, I, I, listen, I've had, I've, I've had to ask the Lord to forgive me at times. So go out and have a great day knocking doors. But when I left, I didn't go out thinking it was going to be a great day. It's like, well, here we go. We'll give it a whirl, right? right? Fishers, you've got to go out and get them. You've got to get them. God warned us about it, but they've got it. We, we've got to go out anyway. Some are going to say no. Jesus said, it's not you that they hate. It's me that's in you that they hate. But go anyway, right? We go anyway. And uh, so he, he gave a caution there. But today, if we ever get there, a confirmation. A confirmation. He's going to repeat his instructions, right? When Moses and Aaron first confronted Pharaoh, you realize what happened here. They didn't show the miracle that God had told them to show. God had already told them. In, it isn't in, in, uh, before that they were supposed to uh, throw down Aaron's rod. They didn't do it. They didn't do it. Exodus 5, verses 1 and 2. And afterward, Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord, that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. Now, God had already told Moses and Aaron to throw down the rod to become a snake. But the first time they went before Pharaoh, right, they didn't do it. I don't know if they got scared. I don't know if they got nervous. I, I don't know what happened. All we know is they didn't do it. So God repeats the instruction again, right? He, repeat, he repeats it again and for how he wanted Moses and Aaron to confront Pharaoh, right? And so for chapter 7, look at, we did just read verse 8 and 9. Here it is again. The Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, When Pharaoh shall speak unto you, saying, Show, us, uh, show a miracle for you. Then thou shalt say unto Aaron, Take thy rod, cast it before Pharaoh, and it shall become a serpent. You know, sometimes we need instructions repeated, don't we? How, how many has ever got something from the Lord, a, a, a command from the Lord? You were reading your Bible, uh, the, you're, in the, you're in the preaching service, you're in Sunday school. The Holy Spirit of God spoke to you about something, and you thought, yeah, okay, okay. And then, boy, you needed to... You didn't quite get it right. 
And then all of a sudden, about a month later, you get it again. Repeat instructions. Here's the way, walk ye in it. Here's the way, walk ye in it. Here's the way, walk ye in it. I'm thankful for repeated instructions, because why? Sometimes we just, sometimes we don't get it. Sometimes we miss it. Can I tell you what? In your life, you will go in circles. God does not grade on a curve. You will go in circles. You will spin your wheels until you learn what God wants you to learn and to move on to the next place of life. Some people, I tell you what, they just seem to never get it. They never get it. They never get it. And uh, what, what, what does God do? He just repeats, 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 and repeats. Every Christian knows, every child of God that's serious about the relationship with Jesus Christ, they know, they know that we need to be telling people about Jesus Christ. Amen? Are we all on the same page there? Amen? We good? Okay, good. Because I would have to go back and repeat this if we weren't. I'd... But sometimes we fail, don't we? We do. We do. But uh, God's plan is always the best. You know, the Bible says that God chose the foolishness of preaching. Isn't that, doesn't that seem silly at times? If you really step back and get a 30,000 foot view over the whole thing, sometimes it's like, wow, it's kind of weird that we'd do it this way. Right? Kind of weird that we'd do this. Kind of weird that we'd go and knock on people's random doors right, and say, good morning, hello, good afternoon. We're from Crimson Avenue Baptist Church or wherever you're from. Right? If you were to die today, do you know what would happen? It's like, boy, that's a weird way to do it. Even today, people are questioning it. I understand things have changed. Some of us in here that are older, boy, I tell you what, door knocking 25 years ago is not like it is today. It is a different thing. People don't come to the door. We've talked about this extensively. And, uh, but Jesus still said, go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in. What was, what was the overall principle there? Go out and get them. Right? I had a friend of mine that was pastored in uh, Naples, Florida. You know what he found out when he got to Naples? Lots and lots and lots of money. You know what that meant? Lots of gates. Lots of gated communities. Uh, kind of difficult to get into them. You know what he did? They had to regroup and figure out how to go out and get them a different way. But they still went out. The principle was still the same. They were still going out to the highways and the hedges and compelling them to come in. They got creative. Uh, the men of Issachar, remember, the men of Issachar had an understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. And may God give us men and women with wisdom today to know what we ought to do. We're in a different day, friend. We are in a different day, but the command is still there. We need to go out. God repeats his instructions. He repeated it to Moses and Aaron. They had to go back and try it again. And thankfully, they did. But not only did he repeat instructions, but God also repeated an assurance. I'm thankful for that. Repeated assurance. Aren't you thankful for that? He also told, listen what he said in verse 9. And when Pharaoh shall speak unto you, saying, Show a miracle for you, then take, then thou shalt say unto Aaron, Take thy rod and cast it before Pharaoh. Here's the assurance. It shall become a serpent. Yeah. That's an assurance. Could you imagine in their mind what may have been going through? Like, what if? I mean, we do. I mean, listen, Moses and Aaron were the same flesh as we are, friend. They had the same type of mind. They had the same thinking process. They're human beings. And I don't know about you, but in my mind, I'm, I'm visualizing this. You get the audience before Pharaoh. He's standing up there. This is the most powerful man in the world. And you've got your stick that you walk with. And you threw it on the ground, and it's just there. A stick on the ground. And the Pharaoh's looking down like, yeah? And you're like, 
stick and I'll just go home. It's possible, right? Well, it's not. God gave him an assurance, right? God gave him an assurance. You know what assurance we have? The word of God does not return unto him void again. It will accomplish that which it was intended to do. We have that assurance, amen. We have the assurance that there that there's that there's power in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have the assurance that if if the gospel gets out, if the gospel gets put out, people are going to believe and people are going to come to Christ. That's pretty good odds. That's pretty good odds. He reminded Moses that he was faithful. He was faithful. All he had to do is simply obey God. Just obey. Don't worry about it. Just do what he says. This may come up in the morning service, in the morning message. But let me remind you what faith is. People say, well, you just have a blind faith. No. Uh, faith is simply obedience to what God said. To what he said. Right? This is it right here. This is a life of faith. God said, go into Pharaoh, throw the stick on the ground. Right? And it's going to be a serpent. Okay. Well, go do it. Go do it. 1 Thessalonians 5.24, Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. When you ask your boss to come to church, when you talk to friends about the Lord Jesus, when you share the gospel with somebody uh, in, 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 uh, on the airplane or where you're commuting on your day, however you commute, maybe you live in a, people that live in a big city and they get on the T the, 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 uh, the or the train or the or the uh, mass transit, whatever it is, they get on that. You ever been on the T going into Boston? You ever, yeah, that's a scary spot. And uh, you, uh, you may take this. Listen, there's plenty of people to talk to. There's plenty of people to, 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 to deal with. And uh, you know what? You don't have to feel like you're alone, friend. Yeah. I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. Right? He said, I will do it. I will do it. I, I, what I've called you to do, what I've wanted you to do, I will do it. God will do it. Teaching them to observe all things, Matthew 28. Whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. Every door you knock, God's there. Every track you hand out, the Lord Jesus is there. Every person you talk to on the plane, or on the train, or on the CB. Do you still have CBs, brother? No. Good. Those were a cesspool. And whatever, hey, listen, there, there, wherever God has opened a door for the gospel, he says this promise, lo, I am with you always. How many have come away from, a, from an, an event with somebody, you've witnessed to them and you've walked away and you thought, where did those words come from? I don't talk like that. You might go, man, that was good. <laughs> right? Yeah, that was God. That was the spirit of God. Right alongside you. Why? Because he loves them more than you do. And he needs you. He's, he's chosen to use us. We had a command. We had a, con- we had a caution. We had a confirmation that God has given us. And then notice finally, there's a commitment here. It was time for Moses and Aaron to go before Pharaoh. They were just, watch, all they were were conduits for God. You know, how many know what a conduit is? Anybody? All right. I was going to make some... I was going to do some mansplaining here. I guess I don't have to. All these ladies raised their hand. I was going to get in trouble. But <laughs> Did you know that mansplaining is short for man-explaining? Which was mansplaining. Anyway, so I just had to do that. Conduits. We're conduits. We are conduits for God. We are con- that's all they were. That's all we are. That's all we are. 
God has chosen to use us, that His power would come through us. And uh, He wants to use us. Notice His obedience. He'd given them the command. He cautioned them about the difficulties that are going to come. He confirmed His calling. He helped them. He encouraged them. But at some point, at some point, Moses had to approach Pharaoh and do what God called him to do. How many have gone? We've, we've had classes on soul winning classes. We've had discipleship classes. You can sit in class after class after class after class. But eventually, you've got to go out, right? And you've got to go uh, be where the people are and confront somebody with the gospel, right? You can go to sales training. You can go to seminars. You can learn how to sell. You can listen to the greatest gurus there are. I've got all, I have like all of Zig Ziglar's tapes and books and all of these things. And you can listen to all of those. Just, yeah, I love it. But if you never go out, if you never go out, yeah, right? I think Ziglar would say 80% of salesmen are simply conversationalists because they never ask for the sale. Right? There's all of these things out there. And you got to go out. You eventually have to go out. Moses, at some point, Moses and Aaron had to approach Pharaoh. Look at verse 10. And Moses and Aaron went in unto Pharaoh, and they did so as the Lord had commanded. And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants, and it became a serpent. Listen, if you just give mental assent to the fact that we are to be, that we, God has chosen us, to bring the gospel through the whole world. If you just give mental assent to it, if you just agree to it, if you just uh, say, well, I think this is wonderful, but you never go out, you're not a soul. You're not a soul winner. You've got to go out. You've got to confront where people are. You've got to be where people are. You've got to go do it. It took a lot of faith. It took a lot of faith for Moses to go in. He's got a background with the house, house of Pharaoh. This is a new Pharaoh now, but he still, he still has a background here. He still well knows. His, I'm sure people in that household still know who he is. And here he is, shows up 40 years later saying, yeah, let my people go, right? And uh, took a lot of faith to do that. Took a lot of faith to walk in the most powerful man in the world. Yeah. Listen, it takes, it takes the same faith to wait for that door to open and see what somebody says. To see what they're going to look like. To see what they're going to say. To see what they're going to do. Right? It takes faith. Amen. Without faith, it's impossible to please God, though. For them that come to God must believe that He is. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Moses did what he was supposed to do, and God did what he said he would do. And as God, listen, as God sent Moses, so has he sent his church and all the world to preach the gospel. Jesus said in John twenty twenty one, I have it down here. Then said Jesus unto them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. Here's your question. Who's going to be your Pharaoh this week? Has the Holy Spirit of God brought somebody to your mind already? You haven't talked to him in a long time? Haven't, haven't seen him in a while? It's been a while since you've seen him out in the yard. Maybe it's a neighbor. Who's your Pharaoh? Who's your Pharaoh? Yeah. Do you know, let me remind you, it doesn't matter how they respond. God didn't hold uh, Moses responsible for Pharaoh's response. He already knew what his response was going to be. God held, had held Moses responsible for being the conduit that he called him to be. Don't worry about the response, friend. Right? Just get the word out. Get the word out. 
Really, and listen, it's, it's, it makes it a lot easier. I told, we were in the car yesterday, me and Brother Jim, Brother Mike, Micah, we're in the car, and I said, made the statement that, you know, we had some great visits yesterday, really did, what a wonderful time. And I said, hey, we just plant, plant water, plant water, plant water, sow seed and water. God gives the increase. That's all we got to do. That's all we got to do. Yeah. Let me give you something here. I want to, I want to, I want to do something. Let me hold off on this. Let me give you one more thing. Let me give you one. I'm just, I'm just building anticipation. Right? Exodus seven through eleven. Pharaoh called unto the wise men and the sorcerers. Now the magicians. Of Egypt, they also did like manner with their enchantments, for they cast down every man his rod. They became serpents, but Aaron's rod swallowed up their rod. wasn't received real well, was it? <laughs> At first, it didn't seem like it was, right? Until Aaron's rod swallowed all of theirs. Let me let me remind you of this this morning. If you're dealing, listen. If God has employed us to go into the world to preach the gospel, and you are going to run into opposition. We've been warned this over and over. You're going, to be, you're going to run into opposition. There's going to be satanic opposition. How many have got to a door and the dog barks incessantly? And you're like, can you step on that thing? I mean, you're wondering if it's a dog because it, they're not usually that size, right? It's like, ar, 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 ar. And, and you know, it wouldn't help the situation if you stepped on their dog while you're talking to them. You'd like to, right? Just opposition. Boy, I remember not, uh, one summer knocking a door, and the door opens. I'm, back when there were no cell phones, there was only landlines. And the door opened, and wouldn't you know it, the phone, oh, i got to get the phone. You know, and it's like, uh, I'll leave it right here on your door, you know. Uh, opposition, opposition. The baby wakes up all of a sudden, cries, right, screaming and crying, right. The kids come running to the front door, needing something. I mean, you've been there, right, Brother Allen? It's like one thing after another. I was with a pastor and uh, over in Aurora, and we got up on this man's porch, and the pastor began to talk to him, and, and I, would you like to accept Christ? He says, yeah, I would. He, okay, and we sat down there. I'm telling you, we hadn't sat down. His wife pulls up, is out in the country, and she said, what are you all doing? You know, you're like, oh, I mean, just boosh, cold water. I mean, just opposition. It's going to come. It's going to come. You ever been with somebody and they leave the TV blaring while you're trying to talk to them? Or they'll turn the radio. The radio's on. They just leave it, just leave it flying. What, what is opposition? You know what you do? You just talk real quietly. So they'll go and turn the TV down. <laughs> if you try to talk over it, they'll, turn, they'll keep it up, right? You got to learn how to do that, huh? Opposition. Opposition. It's going to come. It's going to come. You're going to see it, absolutely. Second Corinthians 4, 3-4, But if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the, glorious, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. And here in Egypt, you know what the, you know what the opposition was? It was the demonic sorcery of these magicians. This was the opposition, Right? This is why our faith shouldn't be based on signs and wonders, friend. Yeah. Remember what I told you the other day? If, if, uh, if, if signs and wonders could build faith, right? Um, Israel has a problem because they had 40 years of signs and wonders. It did, still didn't build them enough faith to get into the promised land. The Word of God builds faith. 
trusting, believing the word, that's where your faith is, right? It's not in signs and wonders. It didn't work for Israel, obviously. And uh, so, 2 Corinthians eleven thirteen through 15, listen to this one. For such are false prophets, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ, and no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. Remember, we just went through this Second Corinthians here on uh, Wednesday nights. We've been going through. We just visited this not too long ago. Now, uh, listen, don't don't marvel, friend. Satan Satan has his people in his pulpits all over the country, and they're doing a wonderful job uh, in the name of Jesus. But they're not they're not of God. They're, I'm telling you, there's opposition everywhere. We need to be careful to judge everything that we see. We need to be careful to judge everything that we hear uh, by the word of God. Try the spirits. See whether they be of God. Even if it's a so-called revival, try the spirits. Yeah. Why? Opposition. You're going to have opposition. Absolutely. So, obedience. we got to go. I don't have time. Here's what I want you to do. Um, Brother Micah, man, you're going to, that's what you get for sitting right in my eye, eye level. Would you pass some of these out? I want to give you Romans, Romans 116. I forgot the colon between, so it's not Romans 116, forgive me for that. Because if you go look up Romans 116, it's going to take a while. <laughs> take one of these, <laughs> sorry. Here's what I want you to do. You know what it says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to Jew, uh, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. Right? People say, "I want the power of God in my life." Well, preach the gospel. That's where the power's at. There, here's what I want you to do on that on that little piece of paper there. I want you to write down this week some names that God gives you, friends that need the gospel. Would you write those on the back of that? And keep that with you and pray for them and begin to ask God to give you opportunity. Ask God to give you open doors uh, to share the gospel with them. You say, I've done it before. Yeah, do it again. Well, they've already heard. Well, use wisdom, but, but let them hear again. Ask God for open doors. You'll be surprised. You'll be surprised. You know what I pray for for some people? I pray that God would move. And I say it this way, that Lord, that you would move in the circumstances of their everyday life. To cause them to have to stop and look up. And God knows how to do that, friend. He doesn't, he doesn't, he never makes us. We are free, we have a free will. But I'll tell you what, he knows how to get our attention. There's an old song by Howard Jewell. I read it to you before. He said, God does uh, not cause us to go against our will, but he sure makes us willing to go. And he knows how to do that. Amen. So do that if you would this week. And uh, God was going to do what he promised. Yep. The rest depended upon Moses doing what he was supposed to do. Listen, friend, the, the gospel getting to a lost world, God will always do what he's supposed to do. But it does depend upon us. You say, well, the, will people not get saved if we don't bring the gospel to them? No. God will find somebody else. Hold on. But what does it say about our, about our character if we don't go? You say, well, somebody else will lead them. What does that say about us? 
What does it say about our character? What does it say about our heart? If we have that attitude. God wants to use everybody in this room. You have somebody, somebody you can reach. There are people, listen, we have a world in bondage. And they need Jesus Christ. They need Him. So let's get out. Let's do what we're supposed to do. God will do what He's supposed to do. And let me tell you something. Uh, Even though we live in a crazy world right now, uh, God's arm is not uh, slack, not shortened, that it cannot save. I think that's how it goes. God, He's still on the throne, friend. People are still coming to Christ. People are still getting saved. And uh, may God help us to be used by Him. Be used by Him as a conduit uh, to bring people to the Lord Jesus Christ. May God encourage us this week to do that. Father, thank You for Your Word today. Help us never forget the bondage we once were in. Help us never forget that, that person that brought us the Gospel. That person that introduced us to Jesus. May we never forget that. And Lord, may we never forget the responsibility we have to share the liberating good news of the gospel with those around us. Would you encourage us for that today? Would you give us a heart for that again? We ask you that in Jesus' name. Amen. I will see you back in just a few minutes.